Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com I was a bouncing in and laughing as we rolled down an old dirt road. Daddy looking in his rear view. Hi there, I'm Glenn Savile, and you're listening to the Always Race Day podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 135 of the Always Race Day podcast. I'm Connor Ferguson here with Damon Helgevald, Noah Nelson, Josh Olmstead, and Caleb Sloha. I almost tripped over of all last names on that one, Noah's. Uh, but we're here. We're ready to do the podcast. Before we start, Damon, hey, real quick, do you notice like all these interstates in Iowa have like sequential potholes? Do you notice this issue? Well, I, I personally don't because I don't live in Iowa anymore. So that's therefore, fair, but you drive the roads too often. Uh, but yes, I do come up there quite a bit. And yes, there are a bunch of potholes on there's the never, way. There's never just one. It's like no. six in a row in the same lane. So I was in like work traffic today. But, or like, what do you call it? The power hour? The shower? That's the one. Uh, and I'm like... I can't go anywhere because there's cars around me. I'm just going plop. And I'm like, I'm, I'm about to slow down to 35 so I can just take this pothole and not worry about my tires shredding again. Made me want to go down to the Carlotta group and buy a whole damn new car. Because of the potholes? Yeah. Well, how does that fix the potholes? It actually makes them worse for everyone, uh, which would generate um, maybe more action, maybe quicker action. If I buy like a big beefed up truck that will tear the pothole part rather than the other way around. All right. I think they might be able to suit you up there at Carl's. I think so too. They are the best people to go to. If you are in need for a new vehicle, whether for work, uh, whether for fun, go down to the Carl auto group, they will get you a car. They'll make it clean. They will be nice to you. And if you whisper in their ear that, you know, the guys always race day, I can't promise a discount but I can promise they might change the way they look at you. Oh, I, I would. Yeah. 
Especially if you whisper and then like do a little blow or something. Yeah, yeah. probably for the wrong way. Yeah, very yeah, much so. I'm just, it's gonna yeah, be, you might not get a discount then. It'll be a different vibe than it was when you walked in the door. Your interest rate went promise. up like 2%. <laughs> Your interest oh, you rate from the police department, maybe. You want the truck that's 37000 Guess what? It's now 40 We just yeah. raised the prices today. <laughs> and your interest rate just went up 2.5%. You guys. 26% interest rate. Hey, you guys are forgetting the Carlotto group will never do that to anybody. That's true. We're talking about their competitors across the interstate. Oh, you got, you got to make, you got to make that more aware if we're doing it during that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Huge thanks to the Carlotto group. Uh, we covered, we had people at like 15 races over the past eight days. So huge shout out to uh, those guys allowing us to do what we do um, and being uh, being ourselves here at Always Race Day. Uh, didn't do a recap show Sunday uh, because we did four podcasts in a row, the sequential nights before that using, I guess sequential is the word I'm using a lot today. Uh, but here tonight, no guest, unfortunately, unless we get a buzzer beater or something here. Um, no guests tonight, uh, just a lot of stuff uh, going on um, between dirt racing and silly season. And we'll tackle all that. We'll tackle Nashville uh, with NASCAR. We'll preview what's to come this weekend. Um, I can't wait to get into it. Uh, Damon, are we, you guys cool with starting with dirt? Let's go. Carrie Madsen uh, is named as the new driver of the Vermeer Motorsports uh, number 55 car. Big mid-season pickup. Guy Forbrook uh, without a driver now um, in Kerry. Kerry moves over to that 55 car. I'm not sure exactly the type of schedule they'll be running. I figure that they will run the rest of the all-star schedule because they that, are. that's awarding owners points and that's where the 55 is taking points from. So look for Kerry to be at the all-star races, nationals, the million uh, with the Vermeer 55. He raced it 20 years ago and won a track championship at Knoxville. So I'm kind of excited to see uh, what comes of this group or this uh, pairing this time around. I know we're kind of playing musical chairs around the entire industry right now uh, in that side of dirt racing, but pretty, uh, pretty big news, um, especially considering what happened the last time Kerry went and kind of regional. Uh, so they did Vermeer's said that they were going to run, um, all stars and then select weekends with Knoxville is the plan for the 55. Um, yeah. Putting Kerry in that car is going to be big for them. Uh, gives them a, a bigger shot at, at some, good runs. Kerry Madsen's a really good driver when it comes to Knoxville. He's always a guy that I consider, um, you know, one of the tops when it comes to nationals time, especially just because of the cars that he gets in, you know, we're talking not what three years removed of him driving the Tony Stewart 14 and putting it in the top 10, almost every single night he was on the track, uh, with that car, whether it was the outlaws or, or not. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Carrie's a great guy, uh, fun, fun guy to talk to and, and a very knowledgeable guy. And when you put him back with a team that he's been good at, it's going to be a, be a good, good movement. Curious to see what guy Forbrook does now. Um, he's known to bring some young guys along. Uh, in that program. So I'm curious to see if he, he stretches out and goes and gets another young guy to put in that car. Yeah. And we're recording Wednesday night. So if something breaks, uh, it's like six o'clock here. Uh, but if something 
ends up breaking story-wise or anything like that, uh, you know why we didn't catch it in time, I guess. But uh, we'll see who he, uh, who Guy ends up uh, putting in that car and, and what they end up doing. Uh, they'll be at Knoxville for sure. That's kind of the hunting ground for the number five car. So uh, I'm not, I haven't heard any names yet. I can't give you guys anything um, from that stance, but yeah uh buddy kofoid um so he obviously was in that number 55 car for speed weeks that was a planned speed week and nothing else uh he had gone he was going to go to the high bank nationals with the indy race parts number 71 more on that team later uh there was a i think trailer issue and they couldn't get enough guys uh to help out for the 71 team so the roth deal kind of came together a little bit buddy is going to be in the roth 83 junior uh for the rest of the season um is the plans they're uh making merchandise and everything like that so uh look for that pairing to do well roth has had speed with just about anyone in their cars uh over the past few years uh and i don't think it's false to say that buddy kofoid's the most electric sort of free agent that was on the table before the season and into the season um especially as far as young guns go well you gotta also remember that buddy is a toyota driver and that's a toyota team and i know he talked about that with you uh while you were up at houston so that's that's a big part of it um i think if buddy wasn't available that then we'd be having a different conversation for the 83 junior uh, especially come this time of year because this is really when they ramped up that schedule last year uh for carry and and when he drove that that second car for for roth so buddy it's more because of a toyota deal and buddy's a toyota driver and and they want to keep him within toyota equipment and this is you know this is the best opportunity for buddy and uh I, I wouldn't be surprised, especially if he's going to finish out the year, I wouldn't be surprised to see him uh, not only contend at nationals, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him win a handful of outlaw races as the year goes on. Yeah. Saturday night, it definitely had the feel of, you know, Hey, this is, this race could go green the whole way and buddy is not going to be that's right. He doesn't explode a motor. I think he's uh, doing something special. I, and part of me says yes to that. And part of me says gravels like last lap heaves per se to get to like a 10th of a second from winning a prelim night. And he did that twice on tracks that he had no business doing it on. I think if you have a late race restart there, then you're going to have to give David gravel a chance. Uh, so the people saying that gravel got lucky cause buddy's engine blown. Like, I think you're stupid. Um, and that's absolutely I think, not correct, but I think though, if it, it would have been a race I think if it stays green. I think if it stays green though, and buddy doesn't blow yes. a motor, I think buddy wins the thing. I agree. Um, but the desperation was going to come at some point. It kind of, as soon as that race hit halfway, you're kind of sitting there waiting like, all right, some of these guys have been patient. Let's see what kind of goes on here. Um, where were we at? Uh, Premier Motorsports uh, parted ways with Scotty Thiel, Mutual. I think they've had like three drivers in that car this year. Um, I, I don't have a dog in the fight on either side of that, but you know, I go, go get you a driver you get along with at least if the results aren't going to be there. 
Yeah. Well, at some point it, it becomes more of the team and less of the driver. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I took away from that too. Nothing too big with that. Um, probably the biggest story of the week, I would say though, Shane Stewart, uh, making his return to racing coming out of retirement this Saturday at Knoxville. Um, in the Indy race parts, number 71 car, uh, for the first time since world finals in 2021, he, uh, now owns port city raceway, uh, micro midget track, Damon. I believe so. Something kind of small. It's a, it's a midgets type track. A lot of smaller, smaller settings for, for race cars. It's down in, it's down in Noah's home state. Yes, it is. Actually, not too far. I don't believe. Yeah, from- Noah, why the hell aren't you out there every Saturday? I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's like one of like one and a half tracks that Oklahoma has down there. Exactly. And a half. Yeah. Yeah. Tulsa. <laughs> Tulsa gets half. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Chili it Bowl. It's like track. it's like 18 yeah, days out of the year. Track. That's half. <laughs> yeah. That's being generous. <laughs> Tenth. But yeah, so Shane Stewart dialed it back a little bit beforehand. Um, and he's coming back, getting in the race car this week at Knoxville. Uh, and he's going to race the Eldora Million with that team as well. Um, beyond that, Joey Saldana tweeted today that he's going to be at the Million. And it's kind of one of those cryptic tweets where it says something, but it doesn't say anything. Uh, and I feel like they're, we could see Shane Stewart and Joey Saldana race for a million dollars and three weeks well we know we're going to see shane stewart it's are we going to see joey saldana and who's it going to be in um you know joey's joey's really good joey saldana has been been super good in, in a lot of different cars you know driving casey kane's stuff and um curious i'm curious to see who steps into um whose ride he steps into, but I'm excited for Shane Stewart because Shane ran that, that 19 blue max car at, I believe it was at Knoxville one year. And that was badass. Like still one of my favorite paint schemes throwback when it comes to a sprint car of all time. And so seeing that, seeing Shane get back into a car, a car that he's won in and a car that he's really good in, um, I don't think it's going to take a whole lot of a uh, lot of time for Shane Stewart to figure out what he's doing. I was going to reference his uh, Jeff Gordon kick it for cancer car. Yeah, that one too. And not to mention the uh, 57 Silva Motorsports cars, Paul Silva cars that he drove to uh, four of his five 360 Nationals wins. I mean, the dude has had a lot of career victories at Knoxville. He's, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him contend at Knoxville on Saturday. And then you put him in the, in the Eldora million that there's a reason that they're going to Knoxville and it's not just to, to go say, Hey, we're going to go run at Knoxville. It's more, we're going to get a setup ready to go for Knoxville, but also a big track setup and a big motor, uh, for, for Eldora as well. Everyone not running Knoxville for points is going to get practice at Knoxville racing there in the coming weeks. And that's what you go to Knoxville to see uh because it's like prepping for the indy 500 just imagine they they have the same amount of practice days but the dirt crowd gets the practice days with other cars on the racetrack so you get to compare yourself at the same time right yeah it's giving you an opportunity to see what's out there see see what you can learn now and it's like we talked with carson macedo before they went 
it here a couple of weeks ago, you can only take so much because the track's going to change so much each week as it goes on. I think the closer we get to August, yes. the more realistic that things are going to get as far as a track goes in per se. So I'll be curious to see what, what teams we start seeing uh, go to Knoxville every once in a while here on top of it. And for the people out there that might not watch that much dirt racing, that sounds like, well, yeah, I, I would suspect the dirt would behave like more like the dirt's going to on August 12th on August 5th. Yeah, you're definitely right. But racing at Knoxville in April or May, the dirt behaves way differently than it does in July and August. So as we get closer to that, it will get more important, but you know, practice is practice no matter what time of year it is. Go ahead, Caleb. I mean, listen, when, when on dirt too, though, the dirt on August 12th might be a lot different than August 11th. So like, yeah, it can be. I, I think Knoxville. Year, but yeah. yeah the, the, the temperature differences and the, the wear that goes throughout the seat, like it all drastically changes um, when you're talking that, that period period of time. So yeah, I've been, I've raced on a dirt track, basically back to back weekends and it was two different tracks. So, you know, it completely changes. But, um, the thing I had for you guys too, like the silly season for dirt this year, is it seem more intense compared to previous years? I would say yes, personally, just from being on the outside looking in, I would say yes. Uh, we're seeing a lot more, um, a lot more shuffling around. There's certain teams like Connor knows this too. There's certain teams that we're used to seeing go through drivers like they're, you know, like they're going through their pair of underwear for the week. But it, I've, I would say more or less, this has been a lot more this year than, than in previous years. Connor might be different in that, but I, I think I've seen a lot more. It, I would say it feels like more, and I would agree with that. But I think part of that is being occupied that, you know, Buddy Kofoid is the biggest, one of the biggest names in the sport right now. And you don't necessarily often see too many drivers win two world of outlaws races in the first 15 or 16 and then quit that team uh so that kind of occupied a lot of things uh and then buddy didn't really have a comment right away after uh he announced the 55 ride yeah but i don't think i don't think it was just a buddy thing i mean we're seeing vermeer move on from oh, no, no, no. yeah we're i'm getting yeah i'm getting there vermeer move on I, I there's just a lot more leading into knoxville versus we're hearing guys leave, leave at the end of the year yeah and what i'm trying to say here is uh that like had buddy came out and said this is just a speed week stealer had vermeer said that the assumptions about what happened to that ride and what happened to buddy and what the plans were going to be for the rest of the season would have drastically changed i think buddy took way too much heat for what happened there uh undeservingly to him uh at least from him telling his side of the story and kind of seeing how things uh played out and everything uh on top of the table um but i i know that also doesn't really bother him he doesn't read anything into that or anything he, he doesn't pay attention to what people say about him so for better or worse i i just yeah there's a lot of movement but I think we're just getting to the time of the year where it's like guys feel more pressured 
to put different people in the race cars because of the big money races coming up, even though like some of these teams aren't going to win that. I still think we've seen more throughout the whole year, though. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't see. I'm not denying that. You're. You're right. Yeah, maybe that's the thing too. Is like, I mean, because realistically, this stuff has been going on for. I mean, it's been heavy for the a whole good, year. Yeah, really the whole year. But yeah, so that maybe that's what it is too. Is it just? It definitely seems super early on and. Um, I mean, Maybe we're that. not even to July yet, and we're we're talking multiple rides for multiple guys, which normally when we've done this, there's not that going on. It's been one, two, three really big names, and then that's about it. Otherwise, it's, you know, hey, this guy's going to fill in here. This guy's going to, you know, do a one-off deal here. This, it, this seems like there's a lot more sustainability to some of these switches uh, moving forward than what we've seen in the past, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I think we're good on sprint cars for the weekend. Uh, Cedar Lake this week for the Independence Day spectacular, Independence Weekend spectacular. They always put spectacular at the end of this one in the Memorial Day one. And anytime I type out the hashtag, I'm just like, this is way too long. But that's like the last thing on my complaints list to ever get to so maybe we'll get there someday that'd be cool you imagine i'm just good with everything going on in the sport damon that'll never happen all our buddies are top 10 in world of outlaws points justin henderson leading the way it'll never happen so keep dreaming right um you want to talk late models real quick yeah let's hit on it caleb they made it really easy for you uh pseudo dirt guys or what do you want me to call you not necessarily the dirt diehards. That's a little long too. Yeah, I mean it's our it, like it, it varies because I mean uh, novices. Yeah, novices. That's fine. I don't. That's a little bit insulting though, because Caleb did get Danny Lasaski. He, he did. He showed knowledge there. He proved himself. Yeah, I didn't Google it at all, but oh, you, the dude. <laughs> did we get bamboozled? A little bit. Unbelievable. We should have been looking at his glasses, Damon. I can't see what's on his screen. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, I, that's definitely a, a name that actually, no, that was the one. Cause what you guys know, you asked me, uh, it was what shirt or whatever that one I Googled. I did not Google. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was Jake Swanson. Yep. Yep. That, that one, one was, that one was much harder to get. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that one. Yeah. yeah. No, that was just like that week in Jake one. That was his that's, team. That was you know, flavor of the week. I know. And that's the only reason I kind of knew that too, but no, the Lasowski one, I did not have to Google that one. I actually knew, but um, yeah, I mean, it's hard. Cause it's like, I, I'm, I'm decently versed in it, but not like super great, but anywho, it, they made it easier. Tell me how. Yeah. Well, my friend made it easier for you guys. So just, hold on one second. <laughs> okay. Well, let's not, I took a drink, but I'm not there yet. Because you drink until let's you're you drink till you're about. You guys got to let me finish this. This was going to be all right. Now, now we're ugly and we're off the railroad. Well, you started off by lying to us, talking about friends and stuff that you had. So uh, yeah. Like, well. Bobby probably you don't have friends. No, I, I really don't. Bobby Pierce would describe me as like one of those weird dudes you see in Iowa and Nebraska, anything West of the Mississippi river. That's exactly what he describes you as. 
But our guy, Bobby Pierce, made it easy for you guys, winning back-to-back World of Outlaws late model races, taking over the points lead. They even rained out the race tonight, so we don't have to talk about anybody else. We will. (laughs) But, man, what a run uh, Bobby Pierce is on, Damon. Five wins in six races. I think the other one was a top five on Saturday, so fifth-place finish. Um, And when I talked to Bobby's dad on Sunday at Off-Road Speedway in Nebraska, he was (laughs) – yapping about uh about how racing a national tour is dumb and there's money to be made back home and bobby goes bobby looks at me and says got fifth one time one bad fifth place finish and dad wants to go back home (laughs) dude it's uh talk about a tear i think you know we 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 go on this and we talk about really realistically right now two guys dominating the late model tours rtj and bobby pierce like those are the two big names right now obviously you can't count out a davenport you can't count out you know some of these other names that are getting getting in there with it but and when eldora when eldora comes around then like davenport goes back to the top it's crazy it's insane and i wouldn't i'll be honest with you i don't know if i can put davenport at the top when they go back to eldora yet because rtj has proven that he can do it and uh that guy is is red hot but to to the bobby pierce point bobby is on a heater of all time but you also got to remember where the tour is right now is all midwest and that's where bobby dominates bobby runs a lot of midwest races being from the midwest he's been really good you're going you're talking hell tour type tracks is where we're at right now um for him oh yeah that's that is what it felt like you know it it is We're, we're at hell tour type tracks right now because this is what this is what Bobby got his, his teeth cut on was this hell tour in the middle of the summer. And this is where Bobby makes his hay is right now. We didn't really talk about him a whole lot at the beginning of the year. Didn't win a whole lot of races early. He had some good runs, but now we're getting into the summer months and this is when Bobby Pierce dominates. And this is when he's going to uh, give a, give a good run right about now. So if he can continue the, the momentum he's on, I wouldn't be surprised for him to put some, some big numbers up and uh, really kind of run away with a points lead here at the end of the summer. Yeah. And I don't want to, I don't want to turn this into a, a longhorn. Um, I was going to make an inappropriate joke there and I'm too mature for that right now. Not, I'm not enough of a Bobby Pierce fan deep into my beer drinking, but uh, I don't want to put too much emphasis on the longhorn, but it feels like he's a lot closer riding that momentum to kind of the peak or the apex where it always comes down to the races. It always comes down to the moves you make and the clutch moments and when you make them and what you decide to do. And it's still going to do that, but he's on a run right now that he's going to put himself in position to have potentially a clutch moment, uh, in one of these crown jewel races, I think. I mean, he's giving himself a chance. That's all you can ask for at this point. As long as you give yourself a chance, you're, you're going to be fine. And then, and when you're on a tour that quite frankly, doesn't have a lot of full-time guys anyway, um, he's, 
he's going to give himself a chance for a points for a points payday at the end of the year anyway. Uh, so yeah, when it comes to a big money race, I wouldn't be surprised to see him up front. He's good at Eldora. So when, when they go there, that's, that's a big, big opportunity for him. Uh, but there's a lot of guys that's good at Eldora right now. You got to hold your role on the, uh, the world of outlast tour and the full-time guys they got because I, I do want to read this to you bobby pierce leads the points nick hoffman is in second chris madden in third 22 points back then it's ryan gustin minus 60 kyle bronson minus 84 brandon shepherd minus 92 and brian shirley minus 106 my neighbor is hammering into the wall right now and i really want to go over there and just hammer back i don't know what the hell they're putting up mm-hmm I'm turning into an old man. This I feel like this happens like frequently, and it's pissing me off. I can't hear it, so you're okay. I know. I, well, I shouldn't. It shouldn't bother me, anyways. Um, but like seven guys within 116 points of the lead. Right. I'm saying I'm not so. saying the racing's not bad. Oh, I'm yeah, saying no. full-time guys. You know, and we're not talking about a Jonathan Davenport, Brandon Shepard, right. Dennis Er battle at the front of the points right now either but bobby's got some tracks in the next three you know tomorrow night and and friday night and I don't saturday think i don't think he's been to any of those either i don't think he has he had not been to mason city tracks. and he had not been to off-road but they're all midwestern tracks yes yes absolutely and they you know the midwestern tracks run a lot of the same way I mean, they just, they, they all run a lot of the same way. Yes. They might be different types. They might be, you know, different, different variety of lengths, things like that. But he's, they run about the same way. There's three tracks coming up all in the Midwest. I wouldn't be surprised to see him put together something. And then you go to the Prairie Dirt Classic at the end of the month and who knows what the hell will happen there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have a couple things to say about the tracks they were at this week. Uh, oh, also like heartbreak for Tanner English last night, those guys loaded up really quick. Uh, so they could get on the road. They had five and a half hours to drive overnight to make the race tonight that, uh, ended up getting canceled. Um, but like long, long haul, I would have thought that the off day was Thursday for this week with the outlaw schedule. I would have thought that they would have seen the distance and said, thursday before things were even on the schedule so i don't know what the thinking was there there must have been some logistics uh but weird scheduling um but anyways uh I, that was my first time at mason city last night damon not not too bad of a place and everyone like uh, i saw tyler rinkin there and he was wearing sunglasses this time. I didn't recognize him the last time I saw him at Marshalltown. And then this time he started talking to me and I'm like, I asked him who he was and then it like clicked in my head. I'm like, oh my God, I'm an idiot. This is the second time in a row I've seen you that I've asked who you are. I, uh, so I went to college like 20 minutes from that track. So I was there quite often. I'd go in the late in the late summer and and go with the first couple of races of the year in the in the early spring so were all, uh, the, were all the pieces of glass on the back stretch when you were there did you get pit passes too much can't guarantee not a ton there's a ton of like glass on the back stretch not on like the track but like well it. it's also it's also gone through a lot of overhaul and a lot of changes here recently if i'm not mistaken like they've had multiple owners uh through there in that time frame as well um caleb what, what were you gonna say what did you go to upper mason city motor speedway 
Yeah. No, 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 no. Damon. That's he, no, right. I went I went to Waldorf in Forest City. That's the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, my question for you, Connor, how how far of a drive is that from you? Uh two hours. Oh, that's not bad at all. No, no. Dang, because that's I I wondered because that's probably about what it is for me. So from you to Mason City? Yeah. That's where I never understand maps. <clears throat> yeah, see, I would have thought it would it was further for you, but yeah. No but nice place every when I go to a track and all the employees are nice. That's a good track. I will say I will say, Connor, it's probably closer to two and a half. Cause it's it's three hours to Forest City. That personally sounds like a challenge. Yeah, no, I know, like, I know that I, my, for a fact. My my GPS started yeah, at two hours and six minutes, and it ended at one forty-five. That I'm was when I was driving fast on the way home. But I said two because that's in the middle. I'm just giving you the the heads up because I I know for a fact. So, uh, the good thing there's no such thing as uh, statute of limitations. Yeah, there we go. I don't really know what you're saying right now, but I'll let you roll. <laughs> Let Damon cook. Connor doesn't pay attention to laws is what we're saying. Oh, no, not at all. Meant to be broken is what they say about those. Uh, I did. Last thing I want to touch on dirt wise. So this place called off-road speedway in Nebraska, we're going to be back there uh, Monday, July 24th. There's a hundred thousand dollar to win uh, XR events race there uh, for super late models. Um, little bull ring no like uh catch fence or anything like very cool little late model track so i was driving in and i'm passing hundreds of rvs before i get to the parking lot of the racetrack and i'm asking around they rent out like rv spots for people to live at year round that are either race fans or construction workers working on the project in the surrounding blocks from the facility I mean, why not? It's like, I wish that we, I mean, I want to build something like that with houses. Why? What's holding you back? Money. Well, that sounds it's a lot of money. Good. Land, Damon. It sounds like an actual racetrack. Maybe, perhaps. I, I think you're just making excuses up at this point, Connor. I just thought it was a really unique place and really cool. It, it raced really cool. well. Uh, and yeah, we're going to go back there. I'm going to talk, I'm going to try to talk to some people that live there. I didn't know about that until like 20 minutes before hot laps. So I want to go knock on some doors. And is there, is there actual like houses there? Cause I saw you had posted something about campers. I, I only right? saw, I only saw RVs and campers, but I assume some of them are categorized as mobile homes and maybe there's, maybe there's They're some like, housing, but I, yeah. I didn't. I don't remember any housing, but I, you know, wasn't looking down the aisle to the side. Right. However far I went out. Um, That's cool though. Yeah. It was was a cool little spot. I I liked it a lot. So Connor's uprooting and moving to, uh, to Nebraska. No, No. I, yeah, I'll, I'll live behind turns three and four at Knoxville year round. That, that would be the spot where I would choose to set up a house. Hopefully no one leaves the ballpark and comes into my bedroom, but insurance would be a great, great conversation to have there. <laughs> I wonder what I'd end up paying for that. Uh, uh, yeah, no. So I got to watch uh, bits and pieces of the NASCAR race at Nashville. So this is where we have the three experts in here. 
to help me out. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a solid race. Nothing too exciting. Nothing too horrible. Uh, still have to work on the the package a little bit where we're we're struggling with the passing still and i still think it's large in part because of the breaks and the shifting um obviously we've you know hit this a thousand times of there's a whole bunch of things that <clears throat> i think are the what needs to be fixed but uh I, I think those are the two things that really would help. But I mean, it was just, it was a solid race overall. Um, I want to get something out of the way with that race. Uh, I guess the number one car found its way to victory lane somehow, some way. I'm not really exactly sure how the rest of the field let that happen, but uh, we got to deal with that again. So I, you know, that's a loss for us, but it's okay. We'll be all right. While, while we were talking about the package real quick before we have to talk about the one car, because I really don't want to. Um, I'm going to the bathroom. Damon, you go. I'll let Damon cook. I, I just I want, wanted to add, throw this out there, too, is to, to Caleb in particular. When you look at, at the, the package itself, it seems like the middle of the pack, we can get good racing, lots of good passing. You know, there's, there's guys fighting for position on the track, but then we get to the front and we're talking like the top three positions. And if you don't have good, you know, if you don't have that clean air or you don't have the spot, the ideal spot on the track, you're, you're almost kind of screwed. And I don't know if it's like, cause I'm, I, I don't know a ton about aerodynamics, but I almost wonder if like the dirty air is more of a neutralizer. So it's easier for those guys, you know, they're all more on an even playing field rather than the guy who's, you know, up in front has the clean air. And so that, I mean, that obviously gives them a good enough advantage, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely, we, we see that good racing um, in the middle of the pack, but you know, up towards the front, it's still a struggle. I think it's got something to do with the diffuser and just the way that the car, that the diffuser handles clean air versus dirty air and makes the cars handle a certain kind of way. I, I kind of agree with that a little bit too, Noah. Um, I think the diffuser has a lot to do with it. I thought the whole point with this car too, was to get it off the ground a little bit more uh, to kind of alleviate some of those problems. Am I mistaken on that? No, you're pretty on with it. Um, yeah, because, I mean, the, you could simply just spin the car out and the diffuser could easily just be broke then and there. Right. Speaking of spinning the car out, too, um, Ryan Blaney's crash was super scary for a minute. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll just say it now. I was going to wait till we were done talking a little bit i can't talk today a little bit more about the race um but why the hell are we racing at nashville when they don't have safer barriers around the racetrack iowa speedway's got them there should have at least been a it's, tire it's barrier and, or something there and that's all that's all i have to say about that yeah why, the, that hell, why the hell are you choosing nashville over newton and yeah i i understand the irony there and naming the cities one track is safe and one track has a cement wall that this guy went into on a long slide that really didn't look like it should be anything bad and he's never braked and never braked 
Well, that's because he thought he could get it back, turned her back. Well, around. yeah, you can't blame. You though. can't blame. No, no they're competitors not. on a racetrack. You can't no, blame them for what they do I'm when just, they're wrecking. I'm just stating that when you get you put do. in a scenario like that, you're obviously going to try to make those act maneuvers or actions yes, and to prevent the safer barrier to be there. We yeah. do realize that not every racetrack on the inside has safer barriers all the way around it. Do you right? think they should? I mean, I think they should, but they Auto should, Club is a perfect but not every example. track does. I mean, Auto Club is a prime example of why they have safer barriers on the inside now. It's because you go until someone gets hurt, and then you're like, oh, we should probably put something there. Nobody in a million years ever thought somebody was going to hit that wall, and we all know that, but they should have at least had a tire barrier in front if they're not going to put a safe. Some, someone smart said this to me, and I forget who it is, so I can't attribute them to the quote. I've said it like five, five six times this season. Um, if you want to see how to get something in a position – where you didn't think anything could ever be, then put race cars on a racetrack. Yes, exactly. Like they will find a way to get into a spot where you didn't think they could end up. It's just what happens. And yeah, I think every track should have safer barriers all the way around. And if not put tires up and, and do your thing, but yeah, it's like, man, you know, and I, I'm not, obviously I'm not saying like, I, I don't know what the street course is going to look like or what speeds they're going to get up to there, but obviously the impact zones are going to have things to bury the car into if they need to tire barrier stuff like that. But there needs to be something, especially at a mile and a half track that is supposed to be this nice thing down in Nashville that everyone is falling in love with. Um, wasn't really mentioned ever. Uh, and then like three years ago, they're like, yeah, we're going to look at Nashville and go to Nashville. And I'm like, all right, cool. A fun um, real quick real quick you gotta also remember the whole they want to go to the fairgrounds they are only racing at the super speedway because right, they can't yeah. race at the fairgrounds so i think it'd be yes. a cool indy car track but again safer barrier go damon damon sorry that was meant to be an adage to you i'm just i'm just saying that it's a it's a placeholder because nascar needs to be in the nashville market anyway your championship yeah. banquets there it's a big ass market there's a lot of race fans that are, that are out of nashville and so they need to be in there in the first place it's not that they want to be at the super speedway they really don't they want to be at the fairgrounds yeah so essentially it why the mindset can be why shove money into a track that you might not see two years plus exactly because marcus smith owns nashville super speedway now marcus smith is the one spearheading the fairgrounds so why like like josh said why throw money into a place that may become dormant again right we revitalized the super speedway there was not racing at this track for eight nine ten years i could be mistaken on that but it, there was a long stretch of time where there was not racing at the super speedway can i can i air out my other grievance with nashville good that's not a super speedway it's an intermediate speedway hardly it's a, that it's a mile it's a, just over a mile it's not it's not super anything People, it's just a racetrack. people call Darlington a super speedway too. Like I, that's I weird. That but I can. Before. I feel like if I grew up in that time and I was like watching racing, and I feel like depending on the package, you could say something like that. 
depending on the year and where the car was at and stuff like that. But most of the, the history on it too, is they called Darlington a super speedway because it was bigger than any other track that was in the, the Southern portion of the, uh, of the United States when they started creating NASCAR. Like it was a, everything that started NASCAR was beaches and short tracks and Darlington was bigger than a mile. And so they called it a super speedway instead of calling everything speedways. And that's similar notion behind Nashville, even though it came around much, much, uh, it's been around much later. That's hyper specific, but I, yeah. Anyways, I still History. don't like it. Yeah. History. Uh, hopefully the fairground gets that race and I don't know, give IndyCar, uh, IndyCar has the streets of Nashville race. Maybe IndyCar takes the oval and does a street race somewhere else. Um, they're talking about doing international stuff with them too. The, the rumors of tracks that might be created or visited in IndyCar are getting kind of old to me. I, I Give me some fruition, you know, give me something that's, concrete we're going to do this thing i think nashville will be a great track for them uh but we'll obviously we'll see how that goes and then like when you don't have indycar you can rent it out to monster trucks you could have a super cross playoff race the ideas are endless i think josh is yawning and i was i was just trying to get damon to laugh should i have thrown nitro rally cross in there nitro cross excuse me and why I don't know where you it's saw a yawn. Oh, I, well, you're sitting so far away from the camera. We don't know. He's sitting a normal distance. He's good. He's good. Maybe I'm, I'm too close. What, we're, this is terrible podcasting. We got to get to something. So do we have to talk about the one car? Can we talk about how good the NBC broadcast was? I, I want to hear about the NBC broadcast. Maybe we can mention, I'll say Ross Chastain. I, just I said it one time. I said it one time and I had no insults about him when I said it. So I just want to throw this out. I did not get to watch the entire race. However, I, I already admitted to that. Sorry. Don't have two guys on here admitting to it. I didn't get to watch the entire thing, but I did watch the ending and I just felt in the little bit of time that I listened to, to Steve Latart, that man made me smarter. I don't know. Steve Latart makes me smarter every single time I turn on the TV and watch NASCAR. Like it, it, he just is really good at what he does. I, I mean, I made the comment to Josh and Caleb when we were watching it Sunday, I, the NBC in five minutes, they had a graphic with uh, some of the next gen stuff that they better explained things that changed over the off season in five minutes than Fox did in five months. Yeah, they, I, I listen, <clears throat> I'm not going to say that they were like the greatest thing since sliced bread, but it was definitely a huge refresh compared to Fox. Um, I didn't feel bombarded by commercials. What? So I will say there were multiple points when obviously we were watching it on the app and it cut back to uh, like stuff already happening. Um, to according to what I saw, the live broadcast was not like that. So yeah, I think uh, it was just our app deal. 
which I will take that over it crashing every 20 seconds. Like I've my Fox sports app crashed twice since we've started this podcast while I'm watching something. Yeah. So uh, the the biggest thing from NBC this weekend was, I think it was during Xfinity Josh that they like came back um, from commercial and they had already restarted and they were like interns one and two, but that also could have been just an app thing. Because that's, I know yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, that was an that was an app deal. So, um, still kind of sucks, but like it, it's it was like hard too because it's the first race. So you know if that stuff gets better, but the the biggest thing is like they they were exciting when they needed to be. They were professional, but they kept us interested like they weren't boring and mundane that's that's my biggest complaint about rick allen is everything for rick allen is a big moment so that makes that makes nothing a big moment when it actually is you know like in the time i remember back to when uh larson and bush were having that big battle at chicagoland right where where the slide job thing became a a deal and and there was all this this massive hoopla behind it right and what really what really bothered me in the time is the whole race that whole day rick allen was making a big deal about every pass that was going on got a pass for 16th place oh my god it's a pass for 16th place like every single thing was a big moment where no hearing this it makes it seem that it he didn't have as many of those every moment's a big moment that's my biggest complaint about rick allen and and i think that as long as that's on the good side then i you know I have no complaints about what I saw uh, from NBC as much as, you know, as much as I'd like to find something. Is is it just me or does it seem like the color and the picture and everything about it just seems better? The graphics package. The graphics seem cleaner. Yeah. They just have a cleaner graphics package than Fox, which I, back in the day, back, you know, the OG Fox NBC TV deal, uh, Fox had the, the the cleaner graphics all the way through the NBC or not the NBC, excuse me, the TNT, Fox, ESPN deal. Um, I felt like Fox still had the best graphics package, and now I feel like that shifted. And Fox kind of has gone too far on one end, and NBC does everything just right on the graphics. They they I do it, everything that they do. Their graphics package is good. Whoever's in charge I, is really good at. I that. did also see a photo somewhere because I obviously watched the broadcast, so I saw it. But a photo really put it in perspective. They had the battle for second, the battle for third, and the battle for twelfth all pulled up on the screens to, at the same time. Yep. Like to me, that is phenomenal broadcasting. Somebody just, give they seem a raise. They seem so that like they want to show racing. Like that's what I talked about a couple weeks ago. Where like I honest to God, at what like several points this season have felt like Fox is purposely trying to not show racing, and it's it, it was nice to actually have somebody that you know they they were here to show the product off. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I think that was, that was a big thing too, is there was always 
they always found the action. You know, we were just talking about the package and how, you know, there's not so many times that there's a lot of, a lot of action going on on the track. Well, they found it every single time. Yeah. They had three screens up at one point. I remember for like all over the track. It was, it was impressive for them to do that. So I, I just feel coming out broadcast though, too, going back to being, you know, being smarter, it just feels like, everybody on the on the broadcast brought more knowledge to it and and brought more of a better understanding of what changes did happen i think that helps with when having steve latart i think fox can do that when they have larry mack on there larry mack brings that same exact stuff but they don't put him back on the show Larry Mack is so underutilized. Exactly. All right, listen, he's awesome. 2024, we need Larry Mack and we need Jamie Mack. Nathan Mack is great. I like Nathan Mack in the booth. So, so could you be like the Max and the Mike or what? Be like, yeah, you could do that. I don't know. That was not super confident, Caleb. <laughs> I, I'm, I have my concerns about Mike Joy, but yeah, I, think, I think I do too. He's I getting there. The, guy, the guy's been broadcasting since the late 70s. So, right. Well, and that's, a, but it's hard to tell too if, like, if is he frustrated by how. Right things are you know being handled you will never know if he's frustrated with fox though he he is a great company man and he will fall on the sword for them even if he a hundred percent i understand on board i feel like Um, i I would like to add on that my fox sports app just crashed again for the third time thank you very cool um my favorite part and i think the most important part of the post or of the race coverage from nbc was the post race bingo that is the most important thing for them compared to all of their other competitors in the racing, the motorsports media in coverage industry is that they gave us 30 to 60 minutes of post-race coverage and nobody else does that. It was yeah. well over. They said 30, but it was well over 30. I'm pretty yeah, sure. No. And they covered all sorts of storylines. They interviewed like the entire top five or top 10. Like they, they, they hit, everything just right their post-race supporting cast is really good to really set the scene say this is what just happened this these are the storylines from the end of the night and here's how next week's gonna be i'm pretty sure they even interviewed austin dillon who finished like 16th like they'll they 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 make sure to let everybody see everything at the end of the night. And I think that that's very important. I think it helps you tie up all your loose ends and it gets people invested in what's going to happen in the future. But that's the thing is like, you're the whole point of doing the coverage and, and being part of the media is you're telling the storylines and that's, that's a huge deal. And it was always so frustrating with Fox where it literally would be, we're going to interview the winner on the front stretch and then maybe we'll get second and that's it. The front stretch interviews are also a sham and I hate them. I agree. Take them, take them back to victory lane. Uh, I will, I will add though, too, 
that 30 minutes was longer because they had more time in the TV window. I don't know if, if it was an NBC thing versus a Fox thing. Like I think they gave them more time. Too. That's what I'm trying. Yeah. I think there, there was more TV time booked out. Like it, it feels like there was more uh, of an allotted time than what Fox generally gives their, their races. So I don't know if that was because it was a, their first race on a big NBC, you know, on the big NBC network. Work. If that was part of it, I'll be curious to see what the next couple of weeks, you know, this next week, we can't really tell a whole lot because it's, it's new, it's different. So they're going to want to get the most out of Chicago, but go to a racetrack that we're, you know, going to for a second time or, or yeah, go. Yeah. New Hampshire. Exactly. Prime example of that. Is that the same thing as what we're getting from Nashville when we go to New Hampshire? That's, that's going to be my, my big question moving forward. My, so what I have a question too is I don't know what it looked like on TV. I know there really wasn't any pre-race coverage um, on the app. And I, I had seen somebody else on Twitter kind of say that there was really no pre-race coverage necessarily. So maybe that's where they're getting you know, their, their coverage in because they're not taking up that, that pre-race. But I could see that. I could see that. It's I, yeah. I mean, just it. It seemed like they cared, and yeah. I even even if you're delivering a mediocre product, but like we know that you're like trying and like you're putting in the effort, like that makes a big difference. But I, yeah, I mean, I'd give them a solid B. Um, you know, for especially the first week out. And what also? Just, yeah. Oh no, you, you go ahead. I, I'm just, I'm curious to see how they, you know, continue from that. Right. We got this big breath of fresh air. So now we're going to a new event. So they're going to have a lot of storylines to talk about there that that's in its own right, whether the events good or not, it, it's going to write their own story. Right. So when we go to a place like a New Hampshire, when we go to Daytona, when we go to whatever the track may be coming up, is it the same product that we're getting from Nashville from what we can assume is going to be out of Chicago? I think that until football season starts, we have a great chance at that just because uh, one thing to remember too, Fox sports, um, they had a USFL contract and USFL. They usually would put on right after NASCAR. So if that went long or if that ended right on time, Fox sports is going to go show the USFL. They want to show football. So they're not going to give us a whole lot of post race. They're not going to put a whole lot of effort into making sure that that gets wrapped up because they have this other thing that's already happening completely independent of that. So I think that that also works in NBC's favor. And Yeah. And I think that's where having Fox as a partner, it goes at your demise because you're not a priority in Fox's eyes and you haven't been for five plus years now. So and NBC has been proven and shown that they are willing to put in the time and effort to be a racing network along with USA, whatever. Cause obviously oh. similar country, similar. Yeah. And I think that's why I think is what's killing your sport is Fox is not making you a priority. And therefore the fans aren't getting what they deserve, or you're not giving an opportunity for new fan bases. And this is where I start screaming about earlier start times too, but I agree. I I mean, I I'm right there with you. I'd rather have earlier start times anyway, Uh, just because for me as a kid growing up, it was, when I, when I'm growing up, we went to church, we had lunch. By the time we got home, the race started. 
one noon, whatever it was, the, the race was on. Like it, it was, it was clockwork every Sunday, and it was awesome. I will, I will say though, ratings were up pretty decently on the later yeah I window. Know. I'm curious. I'm curious to see. What what was the rating for this week? Do we know? I haven't seen it. I, I, the rating I, would be up though, because last year was a weather delay. La- last year it didn't. The start. rating was the rating was up. Sorry to come down from above. Connor Jones scared. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be back and I'll be back on in a sec. I got to post a couple things from Iowa State football recruiting, but the rating the ratings were up, I believe, a tick from the seventeenth race last year. I'm just curious what the ratings were in general. As far as com- in comparison to the rest of the season so far, if it's if it was better, if it was worse, I want to you know defending winners Chase Elliott effect, right? <laughs> exactly. Most personal person in the garage. Um. So I I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna talk a little bit about the one car. Obviously, he got the win. But what I'm really curious on your guys' thoughts are the conversation in victory lane with him the the stories we've heard with him of you know he apparently had a talking to and we have seen it where he has kind of struggled with his performance since that alleged talking to um but he finally gets it done he didn't have to wreck anybody for it and you know he kind of alluded to that was you know, being able to win without having to drive like he had been. So I'm curious your guys' thoughts on it. It helps when you start P1. But he, I he will, I will give him pass to get back Yeah, there. he did. He did. Bounce back and forth. Granted, he never went really below like sixth. But I mean, he did have to pass some cars, and Trex's car was by no means slow. Right. No, yeah, I, um, no way. I no way he could go out and dominate the race, but he, you know, definitely had a fast car, and he just it was it was good to see that he didn't feel the need to you know bulldoze people out because he had to get that win. I'm gonna I put you. I gotta put Caleb on the spot here because I do remember that during the broadcast you were shit talking him the entire last thirty laps on how he was driving. Caleb also did say he would rather see anybody else except Ross Chastain win. Which I think well, I'm right I, there think with we, him. I think we're all with that point, but I want to know what does that have to do with Noah? You better not. About, about I'll you kick your ass off this show right now. <laughs> Noah, dude, Noah's got some wonky taste. What the hell I'm is like, going on? He's got <laughs> Noah's a one fan. I'm not a one fan. I know you are one fan. I will win. you were one fan for a very long time. Like Noah for some reason doesn't like Kevin Harvick. It's not that I, I don't like with Kevin. You. I respect I, yeah, Kevin I don't like him Harvick. either. I respect There's Kevin just, Harvick. Twenty fifteen Talladega Fall completely ruined my my liking Kevin Harvick. And I have not let go of that, and I will not let go of the past, as Caleb knows being a Brad Kozlowski fan. But Dude, it was ten years ago. Yeah. And I'm not over it, 100%. And, well, back to my point at the hand. So Your, your balls didn't even have hair on them uh, when it happened. We and, don't need to talk about my balls. You got, 
Caleb, quick, bring up prepubescent memories of our co-hosts. Yeah, it's it's time to move on. I didn't think I'd have to write an HR list of commandments, but <laughs> no kidding. We don't have an HR, so it doesn't matter. Go ahead, Josh. So my my question is obviously the bulldozing aspect, but do you have a problem with how he still raced? Um, the only thing I recall having a real problem with was he made that three wide move. But he had to. Um, I like that I, move. Can I it was... Y'all are turning into Connor. Yeah, my geez. God. Don't ask me my opinion and then I get halfway through it and well, both. I, I, I like it when Caleb's because it was a wrong opinion. That's what they're no, saying. No, I was more talking about a different aspect, like a different move. Not Caleb a couple times. I don't remember. I don't remember that. I do remember the three wide move. And as I was looking at that, uh, I don't know Monday, Tuesday, um, I I sat there and I was like in in this instance like i'll look at it and say he probably doesn't win the race if he doesn't make that move and he didn't like it, it that move was a little bit different than like what we normally kind of see out of him too like he didn't completely you know <laughs> get the, rid spot, of the, the hole was there the hole was there he didn't have to make the hole Yes. It was barely there, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and that's like looking at the time I'm sitting there and I'm going, this is why he doesn't win races because he's doing stuff like this. And then I look at it and I was looking at, you know, tr where Truex was and all that. And I'm like, he probably gets caught, you know, if, if Truex gets through there like that and, and, uh, Chastain doesn't. I, I do remember now. It was the Stenhouse in going in the three deal when he was lapping Stenhouse, and you went on a rave because he basically in like cut him off where he had to lift. Oh yeah, because I still I'll, I'll agree with that. That's a dick move. That's how you get yourself wrecked. So he gets around Stenhouse. Well, he, I should say he gets three fourths to the outside of Stenhouse and then, you know, he's lapping Stenhouse. You wait a straightaway and you clear him, but he completely pinched him down and basically made it so that Stenhouse either got out of the gas or was going to wreck the leader, which was going to make Stenhouse look like the dick, but no, 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 no. Chastain would have never gotten wrecked by Stenhouse in that situation. Somehow only Stenhouse's car would have been damaged. That's how 100%. that guy operates. 100%. I don't know. He's got he's got a Corey Perry to him. If you're <laughs> he's an got NHL that Jimmy fan, Johnson shoehorn stuck up his ass. If you're an NHL <laughs> fan, you know exactly what I mean watching Corey Perry play hockey. It's insane. He's got that lucky penny glued to the fucking dash. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's stuff like that. I'll, I'll stand behind me saying about that. Cause, um, that was one of those things where it was like, you just didn't need to, you didn't need to do that. I do want to uh, say, I, I, I do want to say real quick, real quick. While you're doing, you're doing my, you're doing the thing to me. You're doing it right back. Yeah. Well, it's time. It's time. It's it is time. 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 <laughs> It's oh, damn it. the, fact that, the fact that he tried to lap both Stenhouse and Almirola and it took him three laps to do it is the fact of everybody still hates Ross Chastain. 
Well, yeah, and that, but that's what happens too is like, we've seen with a lot of these guys, like they've said that they're going to, you know, they're not happy with him. They'll pay him back or whatever. And it doesn't always come in the, the fact of I'm going to go out and end your race. It, it goes through the fact of every time I see your car, it's going to be hard for you to pass. Right. And that's, there's gotta be a good handful of guys in that field that every time they see that one car coming, their car gets a little looser. Yep. <laughs> like they all of a sudden become Ryan Newman. He's pressing yeah. B to intimidate. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. So it's it's just uh, it's yeah. It's something that we're you know he's kind of made his bed and they might not necessarily wreck him, but they are going to hold him up a little bit, make him sweat, and make him you know work harder for it. I do want to say on the. If you're a lap car, I, you kind of lose your argument in my mind to be mad. And I don't think Stenhouse was necessarily mad about it. I didn't, I didn't see the actual race broadcast. I've legitimately watched puzzle pieces of it, not the whole thing. I didn't have three hours free consecutively over the last few days. But um, yeah, if you're a lap car, like your argument is a little out the window. I don't really care how the lead lap car races you, especially if it's like a natural lapping and not just like a strategical deal. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is uh, Chastain did pull a move on two lap cars. I believe the 51 was up top uh, and I can't remember who was inside. Almarola, that's the three wide move that Caleb was talking yeah, about. Yeah, honestly, like that move was set. Like he had to make think- that move or he would have lost the race. I No, I, I have to give him props. I shit on him on here like every week, naturally. We'll be talking about sprint car racing. I will shit on Ross Chastain. That was a cool move, and that won him the race. If he didn't make that move, if he pedaled out of it, whatever, he wouldn't have held the lead. Like, that was – it took balls to make that move. I get his reputation. He made that move clean. That is progress, and we have to acknowledge that that's progress. So that's my thing is I'm going to call a bird a bird. Like, if if you do something stupid – Birds aren't real. No, stop. If you do something stupid 15 times, you know, if you do something good, I'm still going to tell you when you're doing something good. So yeah, like I, looking back at that, that's fine. I think you missed where, so the deal with Stenhouse was, he, and I did, I did not see the Stenhouse replay. Yeah. So he, he basically, he got to his outside and I think it was in one and two, if I'm not mistaken, but he basically goes to pass him on the outside of one and two. I think it was, he gets about three quarters clear, but then basically pinches him and chops him to the point where like he was probably coming down and unless Stenhouse backed out of it. Like Stenhouse did not Stenhouse held his line the entire time, but he basically forced Stenhouse into a point where it was either we're wrecking or you're going to back out of it. And I, I don't think that's a fair thing to do. Like if you're a lap car and you're just doing your thing and a guy's going to come across your nose, I don't think that's, you know, fair to be like, Oh, well you're a lap car. So fuck you. you lap cars have no rights. Yeah, like you can't you can't just say lap cars have no rights. They're all lefts. Can we put that can we can we put that on a shirt? That was my first thought when that came in my head. I was like, yeah, that's a funny shirt. You I like that. that. I'll talk to you. We Chris. need to get our store going. We'll have our content meeting off air this week, guys. Sorry. <clears throat> I have stuff I can't say on air. <laughs> oh boy. But, 
Oh no, good stuff. We're good. We're good. Oh, okay. Everything is everything's we're on the up and up. Like so. But if you'd like to help us, reach out. If you know anyone who'd like to advertise, let us know. Uh we will talk very greatly about you. And if you want, we'll trash your rival. Just let us know who to trash. I feel like that's a good unique way of putting it. Um playoff standings. Uh and then I want to talk Chicago real quick, but uh five wild card spots remain. Um I say it every year because of just the essence of NASCAR and the format. Like winning the first race of the year doesn't mean you're in the playoffs. You have to win two to really clinch your spot. Um and I wholeheartedly believe that. I think we'll get to a time where there's 16 or 17 winners. Um, I don't know if it'll be this year or not. There's certainly a lot of time left, but five wild card spots remaining in the playoffs. Kevin Harvick is plus 164. Going to be tough for him to not make the playoffs as long as he keeps up his average performance, not necessarily the Stuart Haas racing average performance. Uh, Brad Keselowski's plus 99. Uh, Chris Buescher's plus 98. Bubba Wallace is plus 30. And Daniel Suarez has a two-point lead on Alex Bowman um, for that final spot, along with, I should throw in, AJ Allmendinger being a road course ace, does not have a win yet, and Chase Elliott, uh, coming back from injury could very well race his way in on points um if he does good enough but that's a long ways away and right now if i if you ask me how many of alex bowman chase elliott and uh aj allmendinger made the playoffs i said i I would feel nervous but safe about two of the three making it i'm shocked to say that at this point in the year but would you guys disagree with that no not at all i was looking at the standings for like 11 through 20 at the end of the race sunday and i made the comment and i said that i felt like anybody on that list from 11th through 20th conceivably you could see them win or race their way into the playoffs. i mean most of those guys did last year most of yeah. them did pull off a win last you know like if they didn't do it last year they did it the year before so yeah like, half the field did pull out the win last year. So yeah, I mean, there's, and it's, it's so hard too, because the, the competition that we're at nowadays, I mean, an Almondinger could go win this weekend. Um, like there's, there's so many teams that are just right on that brink where it's, it's almost like the IndyCar field where like, you've got 20 plus cars that all it takes is the right scenario for that weekend and they're there yeah i completely agree with that it's damn open it's pretty open and the uh, we trash on the next gen car a little bit um everyone has their gripes with it uh what i will say is i didn't think the parody would stick around like this um and what i think is the big factor here and i think we'll keep seeing it through the end of this season um not the parody per se but what what is causing some of it is like hey um legacy motor club yeah they i don't know how i don't know that team name by now and how it isn't second nature to me maybe putting it in all capital letters as their trademark symbol was maybe a bad move i thought it was kind of pompous to me but uh they made a manufacturer switch so they could stay competitive 
obviously there are rumors are out there about the other NASCAR Cup Series team that is thinking about doing that, the four-car team that might have been being outrun by a Rick Ware racing car this week. Uh, like, that is out there. And like that kind of stuff is like in response like we got to do this now because no one else is falling off the ball and we've got to figure out how to stay at the top of everything else and it's, it's creating more competition um there's uh and andretti's looking at coming into the series there's other teams looking at coming into the series owners and stuff like that uh the charter system thing still needs figured out that's kind of a kick the can down the road until we can't kick it anymore scenario but yeah, it is definitely interesting the summer we've had of we've had multiple stories being kicked down the road in every aspect of racing and two aspects of Iowa State football. So I can't wait for these things to be resolved so we can talk about them. Well, and um, speaking of Legacy Motor Club, the appeals panel did uphold the penalty to the 43 team. So he's now 33rd in points and he very well could still run well, win a race, get in the playoffs. Like it's just that tight. Yeah. Since we took away the damn top 30 rule. So we really don't have yeah. any, it really doesn't matter what you do during the regular season. Which, yeah. Like this year is pretty beneficial. I've, I, I'm fine with penalties. that. I'm fine with that. I think we should have a top 30 rule unless you have a waiver injury or something like that. That's my, that's my deal with it. Um, what it was created for was so guys didn't race a race and then go run a world of outlaws race instead of the nascar cup series event you know uh that's the whole thing and the whole reason why the waiver was used i like the top 30 thing i actually thought it should be top 25 if we were being honest but i i don't have an issue with it now um so i probably shouldn't care too much that it isn't top 30 anymore all right, yeah, especially now when oh, it, it's too like it's too competitive that uh, like you know, when you've got right around 20 cars winning, I feel like it's hard to be like, oh, well, you were, you know, three spots short of that. But, you know, you're on the same boat as the guy who's three spots ahead of you. So you can't be in there. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think top 30 would be fine, but it's it's fine really either way. Yeah, and I, I don't think we should discourage guys from going to run these different disciplines of racing and trying to get better at different cars because it helps you come to that car that you usually drive and you've probably picked up some more skills from doing this other thing that you can use in a NASCAR Cup Series car. And that's that's absolutely true for if you're a kid and you play a, you're a multi-sport athlete in high school, it's true for that. It's true for any discipline of racing. And I don't think NASCAR should be uh, discouraging its drivers from racing racing outside of NASCAR. I think there's only one series in the entire world that does that at the current moment. And we've gotten this far into the podcast that I haven't mentioned them, so I won't bring up their names, but it looks really stupid when you're the only ones doing it. I hope people realize that. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it just absolutely be wild? So hear me out for a hot minute. Wouldn't it just be absolutely wild? Think about. I'm trying to figure out what you're about to say is I, there's so many things going through my head. Is IndyCar and F1 merging? Is that what you're trying to pitch to me right now? Don't blaspheme so, on the podcast, please. <laughs> think about what it would kind of do, though, for for both dirt and asphalt. If you don't have the top thirty, you have the win in your end deal, and you go to that's Bristol what you dirt. have right now. You haven't given any of a hypothetical. I'm, I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> I just thought it'd be funny to do that. You go to Bristol dirt, Jonathan Davenport shows up, wins that race. 
he doesn't come back, but then he goes out and races the entirety of the playoffs. Yeah, if he got a deal to race those 10 or 8, he says, I'm on you. Yeah, I, I would love that. I mean, if well, you think about it. You wouldn't have attempted every race, though. That's fine. Don't care. <laughs> You're not but living in the high That's the point, Josh. That's the point. <laughs> My my hypothetical is like you just do the win in your end deal. So get rid of the points. Points don't matter. On win behalf your... on behalf you of Damon, Travis Mastrana wins the Daytona 500, and now I only have an alternate race Josh, you're forgetting gas, man. Josh, you're forgetting me. Damon, can you look up what six days is in hours? Josh, you're forgetting the hundred and hold on. Eight, oh one hundred four. You're Josh. You're forgetting the hundred and forty-four hours where Travis Pastrana was in the playoffs. That's okay, not a that short amount a- of time. I'm just saying. It's more hours but than any of us have spent in the playoffs. Think about that too, though. Is you know a, a Pastrana goes out and wins the Daytona five hundred, and then you know you've got that guy participating in the Cup playoffs. Hopefully, because if you're twenty-three eleven, how do you? Not, you know, because you're getting that, that extra bonus money for the playoffs and, you know, you can pretty much sell like, okay, so let's say you go to Daytona with Pastrana and you don't have a full-time ride for him because you don't have sponsorship. But if he wins, you have all that time to get a, a sponsorship. Oh yeah. Pastrana would have, Pastrana would have sponsorship. Obviously Pastrana would, but the biggest obstacle of Pastrana would be getting him to the racetrack every Sunday. He's like, I got a nitro circus thing. I'm going to go jump the dirt bike and do like 17 backflips in a row before I hit the ground. Right. But yeah, it, it would, it'd be a deal too, where like you could basically have, all that time to be like, Hey, sponsor the Daytona 500 champion for 10 races later this year. And I, you know, you would think that would be a pretty easy deal to make. Well, but. JGR couldn't get a two-time champion, a full-time season sponsor. So we're going in, all right, we're going in circles now. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think it would be cool. Uh, if they had that, I, I don't ever see it. Like, I mean, you have to, like, Shane Golubic's got to race Bristol Dirt and win it. Or they got to go to Eldor well, on a cup race there. Cup race yeah, we saw with Davenport, I mean, it's not easy. Like, you can't just, and that's what I think makes it even more prestigious where if it would have been a little was, easier if he had practice, but yes, you're correct. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it, it's just, it's hard. Like, you throw one of those guys into a dirt car like that, too. And I mean, right. Odds are, unless they're Kyle Larson, like, you know, they're going to struggle. But so, yeah, anywho. Yeah, yeah, like you're, that, you're right. That, I agree uh, with you. Um, from previous comments, I sent the clip that Caleb and all of us were discussing with Stenhouse in the group chat. Oh, okay. I, I do want to watch this. So someone talk for seven seconds. What, you, Josh, I didn't um, see My it. personal opinion, it didn't, doesn't look as bad as I thought. Josh, you haven't sent live. it. Yeah, I have. Where, where's it at? I dude, I really feel like uh the older Definitely you get, didn't. the worse you are with technology. Okay, good. Cause it's like I'm not bad at all with technology. I feel like I kinda know what's going on with things and there's some stuff that come across comes across my face and I'm like we just closed the app out before it's sent, so it just deleted it. Ah hate that. Got to make sure stuff's in. All right, here we go. Turn the volume down here. Yeah, watching it, it doesn't look as bad as what we talked about. 
I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. Um, no, that that is a uh, Damon. I'm or Caleb. I'm sorry. That's a big old nothing burger. I mean, what happens if Stenhouse doesn't let off there? That's a that's. I mean, a he never really committed to the bottom. Chastain hears a knocking on the door, and uh, the, when he opens it, and he goes, "Who is it?" And they say, "It's the consequences of your actions." That's what that <laughs> that's, is. That's my favorite thing. Can, honestly, tell me, if Stenhouse doesn't let off there, that there's not. The Ross Chastain backs it in the wall and gets a concussion because of the next gen car, and that's it. Just I don't know. I could watch it. All would be right in the NASCAR world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He right. actually got in his own consequences. <laughs> And no, all no. would be right and all would be well. That because we wouldn't have to see Ross Chastain in the one car. Now that that situation comes with a steel chair. That situation comes off like a, a plain cheeseburger sold to me by an Amish person. I will say Chastain went in two lanes. No spice. He went but in two my, lanes higher. Yeah, so that that's my point though, is like Stenhouse was nice and let off, but that's 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 where we're talking about of old Ross. He makes that move for no reason, and if Stenhouse doesn't let off, he's fucked. I don't think Stenhouse would have left if off if Chastain raced him worse. But if Ricky is the guy getting past for the lead, if Ricky is leading, yeah, that's, that's a different story. Second. He's a lap car. Then right, but who gives a shit? You're still trying to stay on the lead lap. But that's your Connor. See, this is where you missed the point of Ross. My whole point was Ross was a dick there because Ross cut him off. Clearly, stop making me try and defend Ross Chastain. Stop it. (laughs) You drove literally two lanes low to cut off to cut off Ricky. I I will watch it one more time. He drove two lanes to the bottom to cut the knocking at the door. Watch it and ask yourself: If Stenhouse doesn't let off, what happens? They wreck. That's my whole point. I'm not saying it was like this big whole. Yeah, deal. It, yeah, it looks slightly more egregious. Yeah, I, it's still like it still isn't. It's it's just no. the matter of no, no. it's just a matter of why are you making that move? That's the point. Is like why why are you doing that? Because that's those are the risks that he takes that just don't make sense. He still makes that pass. Ricky is still going a lap down, whether he stays in the second lane or drives over Ricky's nose in the first lane. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, and I don't know if he was trying to do that to that corner, or if he missed something there, or if that's just Ross. And it, it was a good day. If the easiest well, answer is the right answer. Did pass him at an alarming rate, so maybe he thought that he would have probably been clear by then. Josh, how do you Is pass it, someone at an alarming rate? You uh, have noise? you seen? Were you scared? Cars? Have you seen a BJ McLeod car get passed by the leader? Yeah, but that wasn't yeah. as slow as a BJ McLeod car was. Car was gone. No, but sometimes JTGs like that. They are. I, I feel yeah. like uh, you're bringing. I mean, so. If the money team is division four, you're bringing division four up to D. Because if you look at the straightaway, I mean, he gets there and just goes. Like one car was also like way faster than everybody else. Like exactly that point that night. So it's a lap car. It's fine. We're we're arguing over lap cars getting cut off by the. Yeah, I know. It's we we gotta realize faster fellas when we're no Caleb Caleb we gotta realize it, buddy. No, because I I hate the thing of well he's a lap car. No, the point is, 
his dumbassery about cost him another win because he makes those moves. It doesn't matter if it's a fucking black car, a white car, two laps down, seven laps down. The point is the move that he was making, the, the risk was not worth what he was about to do for it. it i don't give a shit about whether it was a fucking lap car lap or not. cars have no rights that's not it, it's, it's not just the point. level of concern that truex is a car length and a half behind him so like at that point you've got to make some bold moves if you're head first in the if you're head first in the cement wall you can't win the race if why do you want him to win the race? <laughs> I'm not saying I do. Uh, no, it really what seems like you're cheering for Ross Chastain. <laughs> no, well, I'm talking I... about it from an actual smart fucking perspective of like don't okay. don't make stupid moves for no reason. But when you when you consider any lap cars that are like about to go lap down when it comes to the closing laps, they will. If you're not named Ryan Newman, this position. you will slow down 30 to 40 miles per hour than the, the leader is to let the leaders go by to not imitate the win. I've seen De Benedetto when it was Harvick versus Dylan slow down 40 miles per hour to get lapped just to get out of the way. That's not Ricky did nothing wrong. Yeah, yeah, he just he, he, avoided, not, he avoided a wreck. He's gonna go a lap down. He, yeah, it's not, he's he's the lead lap if I remember correctly, he's already a lap down. That's great. He's oh no, that makes it worse for you. No, 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 no. That's someone, great. Noah, no, Noah, 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 get on this. We have to settle this now because we no, we spent too much time on the bottom of it. If you are holding your pace and you are holding your line, there is no reason that you should absolutely have to back out of it. Be just because the leader, like, there's That's no exactly reason. That's exactly why you back out of the There's I, no reason watched, why there's a flag that exists. I watched a late model race last night where the leaders would slide past the lap cars and they'd back out of the throttle because they're like, oh, I'm getting passed by someone. That means that's the leader. And they're at the back of the pack. Like, that just happens in racing. I'm talking to a bunch of people that have never raced race cars before. No, I'm, that, that's bullshit. No, I'm very good at the PS5. I just beat Russell. <laughs> like, I, I will shit on Chastain with you every week. I can't this week. I'm sorry. That's, that's on me, maybe. I'm not in the mood to do it. Again, that's on me. I'm just going to step in and say this. Oh, don't be the moderator Damon. Shut up. Shut up. Oh, he's doing the it point has been the point has been missed completely. I understand where everybody is talking about. I understand that. Yes. Ricky is a lap down. I get all of that part, but I think what Caleb is trying to push across is we talked about this on here after Darlington Ross puts himself in bad positions and loses races. He did the same thing again on Sunday. It just didn't cost him the race. That's what Caleb's trying to say. Because Ricky was nice enough, but he didn't have to be. And it's not, it, here's the thing. If I'm the leaders and I'm coming up on a lap car, the last thing I want a lap car to do is start being unpredictable. I want him to keep the same speed he's running. I don't want him to slow down 40 miles fucking slower than what he was. I want him to hold the same speed so i know exactly what he's gonna do 
I do want to say with the dirt comparison that they did not slow down 40 miles per hour. It's maybe three miles per hour, but yes. My whole point is when you- I know, I get it. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I want him to do exactly what he's been doing so that I know what to do. My whole point is he, he, he puts himself in those situations where like if Ricky did not back out, he was going to lose another race. We're moving because... off. We're moving off this and then we're going to, we're going to talk about Chicago. Then we're done. Uh, wait, Josh is IndyCar racing this weekend. Yes, they are. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about that real quick in a sec. Graham Ray Hall is going to kick ass. He's going to win by three laps. Okay, we're good there. Um, shit, now I can't remember what I was going to say. Chicago Street Course. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's before that. It's with Chastain. Um, you know what? Never mind. All right, screw it. Can we just move on? Yeah. Do we have to? Uh, real quick, Mid Ohio, Josh, is can is this Graham Ray Hall's best chance to win an IndyCar race for the rest of his career? Yes or no? Uh, but not no, not this year. <laughs> Just like from today remaining in the rest of his career. I think it's his best chance yes, for the rest a, of his career. Yes, okay. but it's a 05 percent chance. <laughs> yeah, it's not hey, a big best one. Is best <laughs> chance is a chance. You guys remember when the Cubs won the World Series? They said that would never happen. Oh, God. Here we go. I'm just saying. I, you think I'm going to start talking about the Cubs now or something stupid? Uh, is there anyone you're looking at at mid-Ohio um, that doesn't Penske. involve, you know, is Alex Palou going to wreck and is Joseph Newgarden going to win? It's Penske. Penske's going to be the highlight. Cars to beat. Always Grosjean. are. Look at him. I like Grosjean. Gut feeling. I see him as a dark horse. Are you missing the Arca? Mr. F1 is a dark horse. Are you missing the Arca series? Is that why you're watching Grosjean or Truck Series on a big break right now? So I'm not familiar with the schedules. I want to know why we're watching Grosjean. Mr. F1. Yeah. Are you talking you about, are you he, talking about to go You never fast? know what he's going to do. He could he could run third. He could crash out running third. He could he could flip going for the lead or he could run 28th all day. Who knows? It's it's going to be something uh with it. He is getting better. I definitely want to say that about him. Uh it, another guy we kind of crap on. Definitely not as much as number 1. Uh number 1 in our hearts too. Uh but Roman He's getting better. We'll see what happens. I don't know if he'll win an IndyCar race. Um, Eventually. I, you know, if I took out my diehard in me and really swallowed my pride, maybe I'd say Grosjean has a better chance at winning a race than Graham Rahal does. But I, I won't say that he right said it. now. Nope, he said it. Someone edit that. Someone edit the words. I wonder who the fuck is editing that. the podcast, Josh. Hmm. <laughs> I'll just go back and record. And I'm, I'm keeping everything in tonight. In. Everything's in tonight. Josh, do you I own a double just... Premiere Pro? <laughs> you have fun with that big guy. <laughs> the shitty thing is Damon, go buy one. Damon just left, and I'm, I'm just trying to talk about his favorite race coming up. Like, my – I mean, it's about time we had a premiere event on the 4th of July since the Brickyard left. Damon. Are we, are we doing the draft this week? No, no, we're not doing a draft this week. We've gone too long already. This is why we got, we'll, we'll talk about stuff. Uh, Damon, buddy, street week, street week time. I just hope the event is cool. The race is going to suck. I hope the event's cool. 
honestly, that's as optimistic as I would hope Damon was on this show. The race not, is not in general. I'm saying about Chicago. They're going to have like 8,000 toe links broken in this race. And uh, yeah, it's just going to suck flat out. The race is going to suck. I hope the event is cool, but they already ruined that when they're charging ten and a half dollars for fucking beer. So I saw that those better be top and we shit on F1 for doing it and they do it way more. And these prices are cheap compared to what the F1 prices are in Vegas. I will guarantee effing to you that, but it is still It's a six pack of beer, $63. What the hell are you selling? Yeah, like, like maybe six like middle school size base, baseball bats hollowed out and filled with beer. I would pay sixty three bucks for that. They're gonna be inc- the lid of it's gonna be encrusted in gold. Probably, Gee, it's ridiculous. Like that's stupid as hell. Um, they're taking the bush light out and filling it with gold schlagers. I do want to no. I do want to say. I do want to say that. It is down in Chicago. It's by Wrigleyville. Maybe not the closest thing to it, but Tom Ricketts has conditioned everyone in that city to pay more money by far than what the product is worth on the field. So maybe that's a Chicago thing. I don't know. I still think it's cool. Um, Would I like to see two on the schedule? Let me watch this one first, but I know uh, I, I would like to see one for sure. So I'm excited for just give hard face. There's, there's one corner I'm super concerned about. The, middle, the one where it meets? No, that'll be fine. I mean, they've got that figured, you know. The they, fucking, um, the rainbow looking one? No, but I think it's right What are you trying to call that, it? Gay, Josh? I... That's a joke. In June? So hard, no right hander? No in June? No one get mad so at Josh there. Caleb, the hard right hander right after the arc? Yes, because yeah. the the way that the wall is, it looks like you can kind of start turning in sooner. And plus, you just have like a weird rigid wall there. Um, that, I am I think, is going to claim some lives. But I think we're going to spend more time. time in cars. We're going to spend like more time under caution. claim some lives. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm talking about race car bodies. I was talking. Yes. I was talking with Bobby outside of off road without the catch fence, and he's like, "We're parked right next to where the car's going to flip over here and kill all of us." And that was less egregious than what you just said. I mean, I was meaning race car bodies, but yes. All yeah. right, all right. Caleb, Caleb thinks we're let's extra. Please, in the future, let's clarify that. Before I told you, I'm not editing this. Well, show. I'm not editing this show tonight. It is too. It is people, too fun. I'm people not may it. die. People may die. Stop, Some of you may we, die. Oh, we can't. We can't keep doing. <laughs> well, that'll be one way we don't have to go back to Chicago, at least to that stupid street course. If we got canceled for something any of you four said, I'd be shocked that it wasn't me that said it first. So we That's cannot fine. be doing this. That's fine. Oh man, what a, this care. has been a fantastic. We episode. do not need to. We do not need to be doing this stupid ass street race it's fucking stupid it's the most diverse schedule in sports i don't give a shit i don't care all of this Fourth for of july needs to life. be on like goddamn daytona i want uh, is it shitty to say that i yeah i would take fourth of july at daytona would you put the brickyard as the regular season finale I don't give a shit what you do. I want answers from you. You're just giving me I don't give a shit, Damon. And it's the worst, Damon. Because he doesn't give a shit. Anything's better than this. 
I don't want to be at a stupid ass street course. It's not fucking worth it. If I got you a non cameo birthday shout out from either Travis Kelsey or Patrick Mahomes, would you concede that the street race is at least a little cool? The event is cool. I've already said that. Our like I just said, I want a step further. I want it. I want it. We need a street race on the schedule every year. Oh my god, no! It's not worth it. We should build more rovals while we're at it. Holy fuck! <laughs> he's about to end the call, dude. <laughs> David's about to walk out of here, and he's Damon, Damon, Damon the shitty go, thing is, is we got to have a meeting after this and talk right about hander. stuff for five minutes. And we got two of the five of us are really pissed off, and I I'm trying to stir the pot even more. All right. Well, that's our podcast. Just remember, if you don't like potholes, visit Carl. (laughs) Yeah, Carl Auto Group. I write my I write my own ads, and I'm proud of them. Maybe the next one will be better. I don't know. Let's hope so because this first one sucked. Speaking of potholes, speaking of potholes, I think Turn Eleven at Chicago Street Course might have a pothole they're going to run over too while they're at it. So all of this for an Austin Dillon win. Dylan right. no. hell it's gonna be like it's gonna be a rick Ware car that wins this because it's, God the bless. it's the only one still running because everything else has been taken out by the fucking wall i will i will cry for a jensen Button. including damon after this podcast all right all right real quick before we go uh we're gonna end the show um enjoy the race weekend everybody uh obviously uh the thing that happened can we talk about jimmy johnson i just want to double check if not yet i didn't think so um jimmy johnson's uh in-laws were involved in uh what sounds to be a murder suicide uh there's been reports on it i don't usually put up stories on that i don't like taking and we don't make money off we don't make any like grand insane um amount of money off page clicks uh you know go read our stuff we put it up there for a reason i don't like putting stuff like that up i don't want to make money off people's misery uh that's genuinely and there's a line there and there's sometimes i some people's opinions will differ from what i think as an editor uh but i didn't put up a story or anything uh because the only thing i have to say about it is uh that it's really awful and it sucks and i get why he withdrew from the race and i think everyone shares that same opinion um i don't even think i've seen an opinion different than that on it just a lot of people saying the same thing so uh we didn't put like an actual news story up about that uh i don't like taking clicks off people's misery um just wanted to say that prayers go out to jimmy johnson and his family um but yeah that's that with that so uh enjoy the race we can get out see some racing if you're on the fence about going to knoxville shane stewart is making his return to racing and that is massive uh when you look at that guy's career what he's done for the sport uh if you're a jeff gordon fan you should love shane stewart that's that's all i'm gonna say chase elliott fans dale jr fans they're all tied in together uh but come down to knoxville saturday fireworks after the race it should be a fun damn weekend um the fun damn four days of the uh 4th of july holiday so uh i'm not sure when we'll be back uh we have not talked about our, our planning around the weekend i think i'm at a wedding on sunday uh so we'll we'll get to that and we'll we'll put a tweet up and and let you guys know um what's going on there but hopefully the street race kicks ass and and we can all shove it in damon's face we'll see appreciate y'all